Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Welcome to a new season, David. It's finally here. Feels like we actually had a proper off season. Yeah. And the wait is over. The first game is just 24 hours, or I guess a little, at this point when we're recording this, a little over 24 hours away. Yeah, it's um pretty exciting. I, I watched a little bit of that Lakers-Warriors uh, game last night. I covered the, the Panthers game up in Tampa, so just... Uh, I was, I'm that was exciting. That early game. Yeah. yeah like, Nemanja. It's so wash, you couldn't get anything out of Bielitsa. Well, that, yes, but I was also talking about the Panthers. I mean, oh, the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers are good. They're, if there's I mean, some love. If Spencer yeah. Knight's that good, like, they're... I mean, they're already a contender, but they're... Yeah, not only Spencer was Spencer Knight great last night, but Bob was great in the first two games, too. So, like, if you've got, a, if you've got two good goalies, then, uh, yeah, you're, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, we, have to, we have to incorporate Panther talking here. We don't have a Panther podcast. This I is, know, I know. you got to bring back the Panther minute. I was I was uh, jo- joking about this the other day. We need to, you know, like, um, like old albums in, like, the 90s and, and early 2000s when they would, like, hide the bonus tracks. Like, there would be, like, five minutes of silence at the end of the album, and then, like, a bonus song would come on. That's sure. what we need to do with the, the Panthers podcast. Just, like, wrap up the heat show, and if you you stick around for a couple of minutes of silence, we reward you by, with, like, ten minutes of Panthers talk. I like that. I like that. We, like, we do the whole close. We say, all right, yeah, see yeah. You next week, and then, like, and then like bam, 20 extra seconds. Leone comes on. Yeah, right. I like that. I like that. I mean, look, with everything going on in South Florida sports, I think it was gone. With with everything going on in South Florida sports right now, with the Dolphins and the Hurricanes and the Marlins, like Panthers and the Heat are should be a a breath of fresh air. I think they will. I think both teams will be. Um, yeah, so we're doing our season preview episode today. Obviously, the uh, the NBA season officially has already begun. Heat tip off Thursday night. Um. Let's start, though, uh, to open the season. Uh, Pat Riley yesterday held his – was that his first press conference since the end of the year, basically? I know he always does one coming right at the end of the season, obviously. Also did one yesterday uh, before the year got started. Uh, you were on that. Um, from afar, it seemed – the most interesting thing was how – to me, it seemed how high he was on Bam Adebayo as a what, – what was the quote he gave, basically, like, he might be like a bona fide flat out scorer. Your flat out scorer. Yeah. Um, that that stood out to me because it's a it's a different way to praise Bam than obviously you know obviously Bam has been an all star. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of our over under picks again this year, but uh, we're both I assume kind of expect him to be an all star level guy again this year. Um, but that's a different way to describe Bam, and, and for for Pat to come out and talk about him that way, uh, that was pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, there were a few interesting things um, from that press conference. It was his first uh, meeting with the media since June, I want to say. Um, he did one like a couple weeks after the season or a week right. after the season last year. Uh, so we hadn't spoken with him in four, about four months. Um, and, yeah, that, that BAM answer was, you know, obviously you expect him to say he's going to be better, right? But right. he was really, really praising BAM. He said he was ex- – He's extraordinarily better than last year across the board. And that, like you like you pointed out, I think the most interesting part of that quote was he, he mentioned a kind of like an in-between with them, which I think we all saw of like trying to be a facilitator, but also trying to be aggressive and like how sometimes 
he put limitations on himself. He said it wasn't because of what teams did with him. It was because of limitations he might maybe put on himself in the role he was in where he felt he needed to move the ball rather than be aggressive. It sounds like that Bam is going to be way more aggressive this year. We might see the assist numbers go down, which I think we already have. I mean, it's only preseason, but I don't – I mean, I'm looking right now. It doesn't seem like Bam got many assists this preseason, which could be a sign of things to come um, just in the role he's in, especially playing again, you know, alongside Kyle and and Jimmy, who are two, you know, really good facilitators. It, I, I feel like Bam is going to be more of a score-first player this season, which I think is good for the Heat um, because – you know, I think it leverages some of his strengths a little bit more. In the preseason, he had five assists total in four Yeah, minutes. that's crazy. But, yeah, we, I mean, we – I don't know if we've explicitly talked about it on here, but we've kind of hinted at it, right, that, you know, they have a true point guard now. Obviously, uh, Jimmy is – what, he finished, I think, like top 10 in the league in assists last year, top 11, something like that. So you've got two, legitimately, like, two of the 15 or 20 best passers in the league now on his team, and – you know, Bam is probably something like a top 25 passer, too. But it, you know, when you're the third best passer on your team, uh, your assist numbers are going to go down, and you're going to be the beneficiary of two really good passers. Um, yeah, I've, I've been out of practice a couple times now in the last few weeks. And um, one of those days I was out there, he's like, yeah, I'm going to play a little less point guard this year. I mean, think of how he was probably, I wonder if, this was probably tracked somewhere, so you could probably look it up. But I wonder if he was like the second most frequent bring the ball up guy they had last year, just because of how many like minutes it. he played, and yeah. you know the fact that the point guard spot was you know Goran only played so many games, but you know Bam was kind of always the number two option to bring the ball up basically anytime he was on the court, and. We're just probably not going to see that at all this year. Um, and as you said, he's going to get some free, so probably some more freebies, basically because of Kyle Lowry. Um, but it's also the thing that we've talked about a lot is like where is there for Bam to improve? Um, the three pointer was like the obvious one, but there are other ways for him to get better. Um, whether it is um, uh, one more reliable mid range, but two, we said last, I think this was last week we talked about he kind of fell in love with his mid range and. And if he can, if his post game is a little bit better, the ability to take advantage of mismatches um, or just the ability to take guys off the dribble a little bit and get to the rim, it, it's going to change a lot for him. I, I, the, the jump shot feels like a luxury, um, and I think he can be better near the rim, right? He, uh, he for, for a center, he probably did not have great finishing numbers around the rim over the last couple of years. I know he's a little small for a, a center, um, but... He can definitely get better there, and he will just because of playing with Kyle Lowry, but also that was an area where hopefully he's improved. And, um, you know, he's, well, 10 pounds of muscle, right, they said he added, and he looks bigger this year too. So I think there's, I think some of the things that should be his strengths that weren't strengths last year, I would expect to kind of be back this year, and that could make him a, a better scorer. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I mean, we've touched on this in the past, uh, the past few weeks, but we, there was so much talk about the three-point shot and, stretching his game out, even the mid-range shot, he's just taking the game closer to the rim. Like, it, he, it, it's really uh, – everything we, we spoke about in the offseason, like, has not come true. He, he's actually just become better around the rim and, and taking his, his offensive game in, into the paint more. Like, I think 30, looking at now, 37 of his 43 shots in the preseason 
or in the paint. Some of that is like in transition stuff that he's getting, you know, those easy baskets like you mentioned from Kyle. He took zero threes. Um, just be more assertive. I think that's the number one key, right? Like he's being more assertive when he gets the ball, quicker decisions, not looking around and serving the court for an open guy. He's being he's looking for his own offense, um, which I think is leading him closer to the basket. So, you know, maybe he does shoot threes this season, but right now it doesn't seem like he's gonna. That's gonna be a big part of his offensive game, or even maybe even any bigger than it was last year. Um, it just looks like he's gonna be more aggressive, uh, which is like the biggest adjustment he made uh, over the summer. Yeah, I think part of our fascination. Heat fans, Heat watchers, collective fascination with Bam as a three-point shooter was the fact that it felt really hard for him and Jimmy to totally coexist if neither of them could shoot, right? You know, if you got your two best players and neither can shoot, how many times did we say that? Like, it's really hard to manufacture offense. But now you had Kyle Lowry in. Um, you have kind of three co-stars, although I, right. I think Bam and Jimmy are uh, still the clear top two on this team. Um it makes it, you know, it, it eases that burden a little bit, right? Kyle Lowry, when he, who is going to be on the court basically as much as those guys in meaningful minutes, um, can shoot, and it, it changes the offense. It gives, it changes the complexion. You know, you're going to end games with uh, Lowry, Jimmy, Bam, um, and then probably like one of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Then PJ Tucker, maybe, you know, maybe Markeith Morris in there sometimes. Um, whereas last year it was Bam and Jimmy. Um, who the heck knows at point guard, you know, because Goran was in and out. Um, you know, K- Kendrick Nunn, I guess, a little bit there in closing minutes. You know, T- Tyler Hero, who was not a good, right. three, not a particularly good three point shooter last year. Ariza um, late in games. Ariza late in games. Yeah. Iguodala, who's. Uh, probably even less of a factor offensively than than PJ Tucker is, um, and so it it really felt like they didn't have a lot of ways to score in those lineups. And Kyle Lowry's going to change that a lot. Just one, he's a good three point shooter, and two, he's just another top fifty NBA player or whatever. But that makes that eases that burden on Bam, and I think he can get back to doing what he is best at, um, and that is crash to the rim right before yeah. he was what he is now he was a great like lob guy right and that that part of his game as he's gotten you know that happens with anyone when when you become a better what more well-rounded like that was Blake Griffin early in his career was a great lob guy but then obviously he became a, a better well-rounded offensive player and that became less a part of his game because he could manufacture the offense but still the idea of Bam just getting to the rim with his athleticism with his strength that will do a lot, you know. That that's what that lineup that I that I mentioned will kind of need. Um, when you got you know Jimmy operating in the mid mid post a lot, you've got obviously Kyle running the whole show. You've got either Tyler or and or Duncan spacing the floor. You got PJ Tucker standing in the corner. Frankly, um, Markeith Morris a pretty good three point shooter. If he's going to be in there late in games, so I, I think this. The roster construction just makes a lot more sense for Bam this year. Um, and I think, you know, if the if the strength is back a little bit, if the mid-range shot is even more reliable, which I'm, you know, I'm sure it basically will be, uh, then he's going to be just a better offensive player. And 
and the three-point shot. Uh, when I was out there one day, uh, Spo got asked about it, and he just, like, laughed. He's like, why are you guys, like, so obsessed with this? Um, it's not what's important, and I think it's a nice luxury to have. And maybe he becomes a good corner three-point shooter, like, you know, kind of like Chris Bosh became, basically, uh, early on in that big three run. Because that's the step he can take that would maybe help. But but for the most part, he's going to be best off just by getting to the rim, crashing into the basket, and creating havoc that way. Yeah, and I think he will eventually become a good, at least a decent three-point shooter where that's part of his offensive game. Maybe not, like, taking five threes a game, but I, right. I it's hard to imagine that he won't, like, at some point, maybe take two threes a game in a season, right? right. It's probably not going to be this season. Um, I will miss, I will say one final thing on this, I, I will miss those eight assists, bam, on a battle games. Maybe we see them every now and then. Yeah, well, especially, um, you know, Kyle and, and Jimmy, we both know they're not playing all 82. That's true, yeah. But what, what, Bam what, will probably lead this team in minutes because he's the youngest guy and will play 75-plus yeah. games probably, I would guess. Right, that sounds about right. And and I one thing, one other thing, one luxury of having Sorry, an injury. one one luxury of having Jimmy and Kyle um, is you you can stagger them. Like I don't I don't I think Bam is probably gonna have play with at least one of them on the court at all times. It seems like right. It's, that seems yeah, doable. I think so. There were times last year where Bam was playing without Jimmy and he was kind of the primary facilitator at times. And that doesn't have to be the case this year because I mean he's gonna start the game with both of them. And he's probably going to close the game with both of them. But in the middle of, you know, in those minutes in the middle of that, in between that, um, it's either going to be Jimmy or Kyle with him on the floor. So that'll, that frees up Bam to really um, score more points than probably he's done in the past. And, you know, we're going to get to go bold predictions uh, at the end of this podcast. But I will say, I think mine has to do with Bam's offense. So that's my hint um, for my bold prediction. Um, any other big takeaways from uh, Pat's press conference yesterday? Um, just uh, he was asked about the team trying to over the luxury tax and not filling that 15th roster spot. He, you know, which is expected, he said, we'll we'll fill it if we feel like we can get better. We're not afraid of going over the tax, you know, uh, but we have to really know, we have to really feel like it's worth it to do that. And right now, you know, we want to see how this team fares. We want to go through the first 20 games um, and then we'll evaluate. But. You know, he didn't rule out um, this team going over the tax to add a 15th guy. But, you know, I kind of I understand what the Heat are doing. I know fans, some fans are upset that they feel like the Heat are being cheap, and we've, we've discussed this, David. You know, what marginal player are you going to add that's really going to make a big difference that's worth the Heat possibly being in the repeater tax if they go, mm-hmm. you know, in the next few years, and also a tax bill of, like, you know, a couple million dollars. And Bobby Marks because so many teams are paying a high tax this year, the tax pay the payout from tax teams to non-tax teams at the end of the season is estimated, if things stay where they are right now, at like $12 million for each non-tax-paying team. And even Pat mentioned that. He's like, look, this is an income, income-driven league. Like, we have to, you know, to give up that kind of revenue, we really have to feel like it's worth it. So I, I get it. I know, fan, I know it's not, you know, fans' money and all that, and, and, all, and, and you know, they, they just want to add – um, as many players as possible, not as much depth as possible. But I understand the real life consequences of that decision. Like you, you got to be sure that you're making the team a good amount better to give up that kind of money. Um, so, but he didn't rule it out. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think at some point, even if it's like in March, at a buyout, buyout deadline right. or some a free agent who comes available, 
at that point, you could add a 15th player and not go over the tax, which I think is probably the Heat's plan if everything goes as expected and the team you know, doesn't spiral out of control and there's a bunch of injuries and all that. I think they would like to wait until February or March where they can add a 15th guy that maybe gets bought out, it's an intriguing veteran, and still stay under the tax because at that point, the prorated minimum will be um, less than 400000 which is how much the Heat are away from the luxury tax. So that was, that was one uh, newsy thing. And then he just was really... I think maybe the most excited excited he was during that press conference, other than that, the BAM answer was about PJ Tucker. Um, just that he's been three times. I think it was three times he said three times what he thought he was, and it just really complimented him as a defender um, and and as a screener. He said his screening is like some of the best he's seen, and and just trying to get Duncan and guys like Tyler Hero open. He compared him to a heat-seeking missile as a screener, which is uh, maybe a little over the top, but shows you how much he thinks about P.J. So um, those, those are some of the takeaways. I mean, it was 38 minutes. There's a lot, but um, those are more, you know, some of the newsier, interesting items uh, from the media session. Speaking of P.J. Tucker, uh, you got to talk to him uh, about his parting with the Milwaukee Bucks. He had pretty much been diplomatic, but he, this was kind of the first time he really, like, opened up about how he felt uh, about basically, uh, you know, obviously wins the championship last year and has to head elsewhere, elsewhere uh, this season, obviously opened the season on Thursday against them. So what – what? just tell, tell us a little bit about that conversation. You can check out the story at MiamiHerald.com. Yeah, it was interesting. It was uh, after a practice a couple of days ago. Um, PJ spoke in a group setting, a bunch of TV cameras. Um, and no disrespect to TV, I love TV people, but but sometimes those those uh those settings aren't as candid, right? I mean, it's it's you know you have to be on in front of the camera, right? Um, and he was asked about playing the Bucks, his former team. If there's any feelings, you know, about that, any emotions, and he said, no, you know, that's in the past. I moved on. I don't even think about that. That's erased from my memory. He finishes the group setting. He walks away. Um, I, along with uh, the Sun Sentinels, Ira Wonderman, go up to PJ and say, PJ, really? That's how you feel about facing the Bucks? And he's and he kind of opened up a little bit um, to his credit, and and you know he, he admitted, like as you as to be expected, like for any human, that there it is kind of personal. Um, you know, he's, he 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 said it's natural human. His quote was, "It's natural human behavior. Definitely, I want to win this game." better than I want to win any other game. I'd be lying if I told you I didn't. Um, and he kind of went through kind of how surprised he was that the Bucks didn't bring him back. Um, yeah. He wanted to be back in Milwaukee. You know, he, obviously he won a championship. He's pretty much, I think, other than Bryn Forbes, the only rotation player from that team that is not back. Um, and, I mean, PJ was a bigger part of the rotation than Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes kind of out of the rotation, I think, by the finals. I like Bryn Forbes. Um, yeah, and, he, and Bryn Forbes is good, right? <laughs> He's he's perfect for the Spurs. He's like the Patty Mills replacement for the Spurs. He was a Spur, I think, before he was a Buck. But this I think is you're irrelevant. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, the Bucks had PJ's bird rights. They could have matched the Heat's offer. They could have outbid the Heat for PJ because the bird rights give you know the the Bucks the ability to go over the cap to sign him. So that's not an issue. But the issue was a luxury tax. You know, as it's as it stands right now, the Bucks have faced a four to one million dollar luxury tax bill, um, just with the roster they have now. Not by not even bringing PJ back, so it would have been probably fifty mil plus if they would have brought PJ back. 
that was kind of the factor that that brought PJ to Miami. I, you know, um, PJ was asked like if the, what the Bucks offered him, whether it was a minimum deal or what, and he didn't want to discuss it. He, he didn't want to go into specifics, but you could tell he felt kind of obviously slighted by the fact that they didn't prioritize him and they didn't think he was worth bringing back. Um, so it's going to be interesting tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure he's, you know, he. I'm sure he's still friends with a lot of the guys on that team as far as the players, but um, it definitely seems like he didn't understand. He was pretty surprised with the way um, maybe the front office kind of handled his free agency. He he thought um, he would be back there and they would at least um, match, you know, an offer like what the Heat gave him. So another fun little angle for Thursday night as the season gets started. I'll take a quick break, though, and we'll come back and do some predictions. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back. Uh, we got some heat over-unders, and maybe we'll do some uh, big-picture NBA uh, stuff before we wrap up. Uh, first one, let's start with the easy one, wins, 48. You going over, you going under. Can I say push? That was my number. And I put 48. Uh, I set these over-unders, and I put 48 because that's what Vegas has. So I'm yeah, yeah, that's – yep. Uh, I mean, I, I, I want to say push. I think that's my prediction, 48 and 34. Um but I'll if for the just for this game I'll say over. I think they get to forty nine. I, I think I think they know they have to finish with top four seed. I think they know the importance of that. And if they finish like forty five wins or forty six wins, I don't know if that's enough. Um, right. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say forty nine. I'll say over. But my real prediction is forty eight and thirty four. Yeah, I, I also say over. I think this is a on paper a fifty win team, right? Like that's when. It's what you picture. Uh, this team, if this team had all guys for 82 games, they should win 50 games. Um, obviously, as we mentioned in the first half here, it's always fair to question guys of, of Kyle and, and Jimmy's age of how much they will play. Um, but I still think, like you said, if, if this team is gunning for a top four seed, the East is pretty good. Um, you know, and it's it's deep, I guess, more than like good. So maybe that means that. The three seed will won't be a forty eight win team, but it's a fair guess, I think. And I I think this team will be gunning for, uh, like you said, a top four seed, uh, top five seed maybe. Um, and I just think that there's the on paper this is the third best team in the East, right? And the third best team in the East should be a fifty win team. And now, yeah, kind of simple as that for me. I think I think the talent level is really good, uh, especially the top end that this team should be the third-best team in the conference. Yeah, and I think the question is, and you hit on it, 
is how is Spolstra going to manage these guys, right? Yeah. Because there's been so much talk about this team maybe being a better playoff team than regular season team. Right. Which I guess... I would bet on a lot of these if I was uh, if I was a betting man, just because right. you have no idea. This is just for fun, guys. I know. Just for fun. I know. Um, right. With, with your own money, you would not make this bet. There's, there's a lot of variables. I mean, this team, look, it's an older team. Um, all of us, you know, if, if Kyle gets hurt or Jimmy gets hurt, I mean, this could... This team, just because of how competitive that middle of the East is, like it could fall to six just yeah. with one of those injuries. Yeah. Um, if even Tyler Hero gets hurt, I mean, the depth on this team is questionable. You could lose a guy like Tyler Hero off the bench, your sixth man, you know, maybe one of your leading scorers, probably one of your leading scorers, that could drop you to five or six. So it's very fragile. It's not definitely not a lock, but I think if, if this team stays relatively healthy, they have Jimmy, Bam, and Kyle for most of the season, um... I think they finish with 48-49 wins. So that's that's my prediction. All right, uh, next one, kind of similar to this. You've got uh, position in the East, over, under, four and a half. Four and I say, um, well, I don't, under, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think they finished three or four. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm really high on Boston this year. I think Boston is going to be very good. Um, I think they're going to have a bounce back year. I think they have good talent. I think the addition of Al Horford was good. I think the addition of Josh Richardson was good. Um, I, I really like Boston. I think that's going to be Miami's main competition in that 3-4 kind of range. Um, I know Atlanta. I think Atlanta is obviously good, too. They'll be up there. But I, I just think Boston is probably, uh, what I, in my opinion, uh, Miami's toughest competition for getting that three spot. Yeah, I think I, I kind of agree there. Again, just a team with the top-end talent, I think, with, with Tatum and, and Brown. Um, the So I think they're going to get the three seed, which is why I go under on this. You mentioned you think they really want a top four seed. What makes you think they would value the four seed much more than the five seed? Because that's, that's the one my one holdup with this one is if I, – I, I'm going to say under because I think they want the three, but like – it, would it be? I mean, it's kind of like last year, where it just kind of felt like they, at a certain point, like didn't care about the seeding. Um, I'm sure, obviously, they want a top five seed because they don't want to, they don't want to face the third. Really good, and we think the three, if if it's Boston, is going to be pretty good too. If it's not the Heat, um, but if you're like four or five, with the difference being a home game against Atlanta or whatever, it feels like Atlanta would care more. It just feels like other teams are going to care more about the regular season uh, than Miami, other East teams, you know, younger East teams, um, which like kind of makes me wonder if, again, I think they're good. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be the three seed, so I'm going to say under. But this is definitely one I would stay away from just because we get to the last week of the season and the Heat are locked into a top five seed. Are they really going to care to make that final push? I wonder, and just so, kind of gear up for the playoffs. So, David, you're saying you're not giving official betting advice? I'm not. No, do not listen to me. <laughs> um, that's a fair point. Uh, you, you make a good point there where I guess five is not – I've just said top four seed here for the past week or two. But I, you're, you're right. I think there's not much of a difference with five and four, obviously, just other, one, one more home game. I, I'm sure that he would prefer four over five, but – if it comes down to it between, like, going hard all the way into the final yeah. game to get that four seed, probably, the Spo will probably just say, we'll, we'll take the five seed. 
Um, but yeah, I think they definitely, definitely were like a top five seed. You don't want to get into that six seed and and face Boston in the first round. Or, and one team we forgot to mention too, um, just because with everything going on, I don't, I don't even know how we forgot to mention them. Is Philly, right? I mean, Philly should be in that grouping yeah, as well. I, I have, I'm, I'm not going to make any kind of prediction on Philly. Uh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Ben? Obviously, he's probably not going to play there this season. But I mean, they're going to get somebody good for him. You would think, and a team with Embiid, Tobias Harris, and player X, who's an all-star caliber player, whoever they get for Ben, should be competitive, right, in the East. So Yeah, if they get De'Aaron Fox, they're going to be really good, I think. Yeah, or even like, I don't know, I mean, this is all speculation, hypothetical, but like a guy like C.J. McCollum, right? I mean, Poor C.J. McCollum, in every like, trade rumor. Yeah, right, <laughs> poor, poor C.J. Um so I, you know, Philly's another team to if if it depends on what happens with Ben Simmons, but if they get a guy like CJ yeah. McCollum or Darren Fox, like you said, I mean they might surpass Boston as Miami's toughest yeah. competition for three. Easy. Um, so yeah, I mean the Heat, they should finish three or four around in there. I think they're they're good enough to do that, but it's definitely not going to be easy because, like you said, this 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 East is pretty deep, especially in that middle group. There's a lot of teams that are going to be pretty close, you know, jockeying for. Those three and four spots. Yeah, I mean, if you include Philly, that there's we said it a lot. I think that's a legit, legit top six. Um, that yeah, you know, how many times in the in our lot in our lifetime, how many times has the six seed in the East been a team that probably would not have made the playoffs in the West, and that is just not the case anymore. No, and we don't let me talk about the Knicks, which yeah, you know, I don't think they're as good as those teams, but they finished the four seed last year and they brought pretty much the entire team back, so. Yeah, and they're um, a team you know is going to be better in the regular season than in the playoffs, probably, because of the way Tibbs manages minutes and stuff like that. And, I mean, you can make an argument if the Heat are healthy, the Heat will be a good regular season team because they have so many guys that go, like, 120,000% yeah, every game, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I just – I don't – I think – not that they're not going to stay healthy. I'm sure there will be injuries just with any other team, but I think Spo also manage these guys a lot just because of their age. Um, so there will be nights where there will be, quote-unquote, load management – and I think just because of the way Spo manages this team, they won't be like the Knicks where they're trying to prioritize the regular season over the playoffs. Over under 16 points per game for Tyler Hero. Over. Yeah, he was at 15.1 last year, and, I mean, we've been pretty open about our pretty high expectations for him this year. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. This is pretty plays, easy, right? Yeah, so he played 30.3 minutes per game, shot 36% from three. Average 15.1% after 15.1 points per game. Um, if those minutes tick up, let's say three minutes per game or something, which is, I think, realistic, right? Two or three minutes potentially for him. Uh, this team is obviously just not as deep as it has been, so they're going to need more minutes probably from, from some of the, particularly the, particularly their young guys. Um, or if that three-point percentage ticks back up to, like, the 39 he was as a rookie, that's like half a point per game basically, I think. I did the math at some point, but I don't remember it offhand. Like it, and then you find a extra free throw here or there. Um, you know his three his free throw percentage was uh, just eighty point three after it was eighty seven the year before. Like if his shooting numbers come back up a little bit and the minutes tick up a little bit, he's gonna he'll hit six, sixteen just like that. And that's just not factoring in like just him becoming a better yeah. scorer and a better like offensive creator and stuff like that. Yeah, and just drawing more free throws, too, like you said. Right. I mean, that's been a priority for yeah, him. The, I, I think the percentage he averages, can tick up. The percentage can tick back yeah. up because we've seen that before, but also 
you know, he only shot two free throws per game last year. And he's a guy who's been good finishing at the rim. So if he uh, wants to keep, if he, that's what I'm saying. If he adds that part to his game and just keeps improving in that area that I think we expect that he can, um, then yeah, he's the, the point, he's going to find that extra point per game just in the flow of, of games. And, um, you know, he's going to have games also, as we mentioned, you know, where Jimmy and uh, Lowry don't play and he's going to be the guy scoring a lot. So, uh, yeah, I, I think over on 16 is, is pretty easy. Um, but I think it would be harder if you put it at like 17. Yeah. 17, 18 is where you start really getting into like, all right. This, this really thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he averages around 17, 18 around there. That's my prediction. So yeah, sixteen is is fairly easy. I'm, I'm. Will you are? Do you feel safe enough to offer that gambling advice to people? Yeah, take that. Is that bet available somewhere? It's your biggest lock of the week. Yeah, lock of the week. <laughs> over. I, I we'll both say over on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're... All right. Uh, last one on these over unders. Playoff rounds one over under one and a half. Um, I'm gonna say oh, oh man, that's tough. This is the toughest one, I think. Um, well, we've been so positive so far that I'm, I'm going to go under on this one. Yeah, I think... It's sad because it's all that matters, right? Like, you can be all excited about the regular season. And I shouldn't say it's all that matters because having a team that's fun in the regular season gives you uh, 82 nights of great entertainment. And right. that's what the Heat, I think, are most going to do this year. And then you're going to run into the playoffs where um, Milwaukee and Brooklyn are... I think still, you know, the, obviously the Kyrie situation is what it is, but uh, those those two are just, I think, on their own on their own tier in the East, and it's yeah. going to make the playoffs tough. But whatever, you're going to get, uh, like I said, 82 nights of fun basketball for the year, and probably a fun playoff round, and then you know, even the second, you know, it's going to be a fun series when they play the Nets or the Bucks if both teams are healthy going to the playoffs. Um, but I just think those teams are better. Yeah, I, I'll go under too, just because I think they'll win the first the first round matchup. Um, but I, yeah, if they're you know they're likely going to face either Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the second round, and yeah, those teams are going to be favored against the Heat if they're even just relatively healthy. So um, yeah, I'll go under on this one. I think if you gave like Pat Riley truth serum, um, he would. He would say he thinks this team can win a championship or get to the finals, but he would say they need some breaks, right? They need um, and uh, Chris Middleton to get hurt and Kyrie to not get vaccinated. And, um, you know, if, if those teams go into the playoffs having more flaws than I think we think they do right now, I think the Heat are best positioned out of that next group to, yes. um, you know, unless like, Unless Philly gets someone really good out of Simmons, which, you know, there's another break the Heat are getting right now, or unless, you know, Jason Tatum takes a leap and is a top 10 guy, um, which I think there's definitely people who think that that's coming eventually. I'm not quite, I've never been quite as high on Tatum as, as others, but, you know, it's certainly possible. I think the Heat right now are best positioned to take advantage of a Eastern Conference that opens up a little bit more than people expect. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, one thing we haven't talked about this week is Victor Oladipo. I mean, he, he really is an X factor for this team. Do do we expect Victor Oladipo well, to let's be... Let's save it for our bold predictions, Anthony. All right, fine, fine. But I will say, I wanted to mention that Bobby Marks from ESPN, I don't know if you saw this, David, yesterday, I was just gonna pick predicted my bold the Heat to win the NBA Finals. 
What? Yeah, that's over the ridiculous. Jazz. All right, that's – come on. He was the only person, as you would expect, on the panel to pick the Heat to win the NBA championship. He also picked Jimmy Butler to be the MVP. He was probably the only person who had the Jazz in the finals, too. Probably. It would be a matchup of Dwayne Wade versus the Heat. How about that? That's, that well, that's be, a storyline. That's true. That's like we're living in a simulation. Yeah, that would be – I mean, as you would imagine, Heat Twitter loves Bobby Marks now. Like, they, he's like the president <laughs> of Heat Twitter now. Like that Former, was all former of, Heat Check guest Bobby Marks. Exactly. What he, Maybe we should get I, him back on to talk should, about this prediction. We should get him back on. Every next week we can have him on to explain that prediction. He he predicted the Heat to win the NBA championship over the Jazz, Jimmy Butler to be the MVP, Eric Spolstra, as you would imagine, if the Heat winning the title to be the yeah. coach of the year. Um, so, yeah. So that, there's at least one person with an ESPN that is very, very high on this Heat team. All right, bold prediction. You got one? Uh, my bold prediction is that Bam on a bio by the end of this season, well, A, I think he's going to lead the team in scoring. B, I think that he is going to make an all-NBA team. And I also think he's going to be considered. I skipped over one of these over-unders. We'll work it in here. Just keep going. I also think he's going to be considered a top-ten player in the NBA. How about that? I think oh. this is a big, All big right. year for Bam. Obviously, taking into account defense, too, like top ten two way player in the NBA, um, I think right. this is a really big season for Bam, leading scorer. Um, maybe you know he he's now considered the best player on the team. I know Jimmy has been that for the past few years, and he might still be that. I mean, Jimmy's obviously still very very good, mm-hmm. but I just think there's gonna be a, even more breakout season um, than others that we've seen from Bam, um, just because of his role now and and being able to kind of unleash him offensively. Uh, with Kyle and Jimmy kind of helping um, push him in that direction. Yeah. The over under I skipped over was All Stars one and a half. I, I think that's an easy over. Yeah, I would say over. I I, I would say probably two instead of three. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's Bam and Jimmy. Um, but Kyle gives you a nice little cushion, right? Like if if Jimmy misses some time, then that probably elevates Kyle into like an All Star potentially. So I think you get a nice little cushion there with having three stars. Yeah, I go over on that too. That's a, that's a fairly easy one. Yeah, but I mean, last year we would, if we would have put the over under for all stars at like half, we yeah, both would that's have true. None made it, so you just you just never yeah, know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Health health dictates a lot of that. The record dictates a lot of that. But um, all things considered, yeah, the Heat should finish with at least two all stars. Yeah. Um, my bold prediction. I don't know exactly how to phrase it because I don't know what exactly the expectations are, but I, I think I think Victor Oladipo is, like, going to be back earlier than people expect. I don't know what right now we that would qualify as. Um, January, uh, around there, probably. People expect January. No, people expect, like, February. I think they're Yeah, I think, like, February, I think January. I, I wanted to say he's back for, like, Christmas, basically, but that felt a little too early. Um, he don't play on Christmas this year, right? No. So, no, if they were playing on Christmas, maybe I would have said that he's going to try to come back for the Christmas game. But I think he comes back January. I think he plays, you know, 20-ish games maybe. Um, and I think he's going to be uh, a legit, like, sixth man basically for this team. Um, I guess Tyler Hero is also a sixth man. But, you know, I think I think Vic not going to be his old self, obviously, but I think I think come playoff time, we're going to view him as the Heat's fourth best player. 
Wow. And maybe maybe be closer to uh, I mean Duncan obviously is is a unique fourth best player. I would say he's the Heat's fourth best player right well, now. I would say I mean I think some people would consider Tyler Hero to be the Heat's fourth best player, right? I, I mean, mean if you win six man of the year, then I think people will. Yeah. Right. I think right now people are kind of like unknown on him, right? They're they're wait they're in like wait and see mode. Right. But and obviously Victor Oladipo too, but I think he is like he's the guy who can be the difference maker for them, right? He's the guy who can um well they they obviously really missed him last year, um and, and they don't need him quite as much this year after they went and got uh Kyle Lowry to be like a primary ball handler. But I think we're gonna go into the playoffs and he's gonna feel like a real, real factor, a guy who's gonna close out games. Um, potentially, obviously, Spo changes his closing lineups a lot, but I, I think we're there's going to be a clear cut top three, and I think there's going to be a case when we go into the playoffs that Victor Oladipo is the fourth uh, most fourth best player, uh, fourth I don't want to say most important because it's probably always going to be Duncan just because of what a unique role he plays, but they're fourth like scariest player, the guy who's going to have be pretty high on defensive scouting reports um, and. Be a guy who can drive the offense, um, potentially. You know, if we're, we're looking at these lineups, you mentioned it, like, where Bam is going to play with one of the two all the time. Can, can Victor Oladipo make that three? Can he be the primary ball handler in some lineups? I, I think I think he's a real factor for this team when we go to the playoffs. I mean, he's, he's one of the biggest reasons there are people who think that he could be like one of the toughest tests for Brooklyn in the playoffs. Like a really yeah. tough series for Brooklyn. Just because you think about the defensive lineup that he could put together of Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, and Bam Adebayo, good Lord. Like yeah. if Victor is even somewhat healthy defensively, I mean, that's a lineup that would scare every any team. And, and you need multiple, you know, two-way players on the court against teams a team like Brooklyn was, you know, if, if Kyrie ever comes back three all-world offensive players, and the yeah. Heat have five really, really good defenders in that lineup. So they could pretty much switch everything. Uh, well, not everything, yeah, five but really good most defenders, things. And if Victor comes back also as a good offensive player, yeah. four guys who are not giving up much on the offensive end. No. I mean, that is that is a lineup that, you know, I really, really am looking forward to kind of seeing how, how it plays together because if, if Victor can come what, like you said, just become a factor and, and – be maybe eighty percent of what he was a few years ago with that grouping. Um, yeah, the Heat are going to give any. I mean, even the Bucks like that. That'll be a tough series for either of those teams. Um, so I really do think Victor is. He's kind of. It's going to. He's going to determine what the ceiling of this team is. Yeah, how good and I think the signs have been there. really positive so far. Right, just him being around as much as he was. I mean, yeah. I remember going into media day. We we said we. That was the storyline. Was is he even going to be at Media Day? And not only is he at Media Day, he's in uniform and he's doing interviews and saying he feels as healthy as he's been in uh, three years, basically. Um, yeah, I just think the signs are all positive, and I think it's uh, obviously it's impossible to know what he's going to look like on the court until he get him back. But I think I think he's going to be back on the court sooner than uh, certainly sooner than we expected at the start of the year. And I, I think maybe even sooner than than people are expecting right now. Do you predict the Heat to beat the Bucks or Nets if Victor Oladipo is healthy? Is Kyrie playing? Yes. No. If Kyrie isn't playing. 
Maybe. Probably still no. I mean, I, I think Giannis and KD are kind of in their own class, basically, right now as superstars. Um, and they're the two hardest. They're the two guys that even that, that heat lineup that we just talked about defensively, like, there's no easy answer for those two guys because no, of how big they are. It's Bam, pretty much. I mean, I mean it's Bam, be, yeah. And and that you, you you're in danger of getting into foul trouble. You know when he's defending right. guys like that. So yeah, um, and depth is still somewhat of a concern because you just although don't Victor know. coming back changes the depth of quite a lot. You're right. You're right because then you have two legitimate six men six men on the on the team like yeah. between and then, that's possible, but you have two six men between Tyler Hero and, and Victor Oladipo. And then and you have, basically, like, let's say Mark Keep is reliable as a eighth or ninth guy. Yeah, and you just need to kind of find one of the, you know, whether it's Yurt or Struess or, like, you just need one of those guys to kind of hit. And it makes it a lot easier for the playoffs. Struess is, I mean, at least to start the season, it really looks like he's going to be, and we've we've predicted this, you and I, but he's going to be a rotation player. Yeah. My actually, my situation is going to be that he's but, in the rookie challenge, but uh, I realize he's technically in his third year. Yeah, that's true. You're right. He is because he played some he for played the Bulls like in the first game for the Bulls, or that was going to be picked that he was going to be in the rookie game. Rookie all these days. Yeah, uh, they might not have. I mean, are they, do they have any rookies? I guess you're at seven, but yeah, they're probably not going to have anybody in the rising stars. You're technically a rookie. I guess he is. I guess so, technically. Yeah. But um, yeah, he has one. Yeah, for sure, because he hasn't played an NBA game yet, so he would qualify. Yeah, uh, but so. I not going play enough to be in there. Although, yeah. maybe for the world, if they do, because they do the U.S. versus world now, right? That's true. But the world is pretty good now. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I was thinking this the other day. That there, we should wrap up, uh, maybe do some big NBA picks. But I was thinking the other day, we haven't had an American win MVP in a long time. Yeah. Obviously, with Jokic last year. Was it we had Russell, Thomas maybe the last one? Before. Yeah, it was Russell Westbrook, I think, the triple-double year, the first triple-double year. Because then Giannis won back to back, and then Jokic won last year. Now Luka Doncic is the favorite this year. Yeah, so. I mean that's that's yeah that's interesting. I mean the world is definitely catching up. I mean mm-hmm. we've seen that in the Olympics, and I mean U.S. still has won gold, but you know it's been tougher. Um, and you look at the MVPs. I mean yeah. I mean how, how many of the top ten players in the NBA are international players now? I mean it's at least. I mean, Three at the top of my head, right? Luca, Giannis, and Jokic in Denver, um, and that's that's pretty impressive. Top three, at least three of the top ten players in the NBA. I think most people would consider those guys top ten players, um, not from the United States. All right, Anthony, uh, let's wrap this up. Give me rapid fire your MVP and your finals. Um, MVP, I'm gonna go with Kevin Durant, and I'm gonna say Brooklyn wins the championship. I know the whole question about Kyrie. I just I, I just can't deny. Like if if the Nets were healthy last season, yeah, they would have won it. That's a big F. If but they would have won it last year. Yeah. Um, Who do they beat? The West is really tough. I, I I'm not a huge believer in the Lakers. I think yeah. they're going to be a fine regular season team. They might finish the top of the West, um, but I just don't think that they are made for. The, I just don't think they have like. Their style is going to work in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the the Clippers. I think Ooh. Kawhi. I think, I think Kawhi, Kawhi comes, comes back. back. I think Kawhi comes back. And I've just I've been really high on the Clippers the past few years. Yeah. Um, and they've always just not. 
it hasn't worked out for them. But I, I, I'm going to say the Clippers. And if if not, if Kawhi doesn't come back, I'll give a second pick and say, you know what, the Jazz. I'm going right. to be like Brian Marks. I'm going to say the Jazz. Uh, I'm going to say Luka wins MVP. I think it's, um, you know, it's been building to this, right? Like, it's going to happen eventually. Uh, so it's kind of the thing you keep picking every year. You're going to be right eventually. Um, I'll say the Nets also win the championship. And I will say I really wanted to pick them to play the Warriors because imagine that, like, storyline. But I think I'm going to say that's going to be the finals two years from now in 2023. The Warriors beat the Nets. Um but this year, I'll say the Nets beat. I'll say the Suns, unless Jamal Murray comes back, then I'll say the Nuggets. Interesting. Yeah, the Suns are. I mean, the Suns are a good pick too. Yeah, um, I, they kind of feel the safest to me. Yeah, they probably do, unless Chris Paul gets hurt, which has happened obviously in the past. Um, he's like the. I guess he's he he would he'd be the only reason they're not a safe pick because because of Chris Chris Paul and his injury history. But I think that's. I think that's about right. At least we both agree on the Nets winning the championship. Yeah, I think they're the best team. Do you think if do you think Kevin Durant's the best all, player? Do you think they win it if Kyrie does not return? Yes, I kind of do too. Kevin Durant is really good, best and player so in the league, James I think. Hart. And James Harden's a top five player in the league. Like that's what the Lakers had with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I think the Nets supporting cast is better than that Lakers supporting cast was. Especially with Patty Mills there. How yeah. about, and I, I James Johnson. Coming off the bench there in Brooklyn. They got Marcus Aldridge back. Like, they're, they're stacked. They're yeah, insanely they're, deep. Yeah. Blake was good in the playoff. Like, they just got guys everywhere. Yeah. And, and like I said, Patty Mills is going to be big for them. I mean, just the scoring off the bench to give, like, KD and, and, and James some, like, a breather a little bit offensively. Like, that, that helps a lot. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty confident saying Brooklyn wins it this year. Yeah. All right, we can wrap things up there. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Be sure to check out MiamiHerald.com. Um, we need, like, a filter to, like, ignore football these days because uh, everything else is more interesting. The Heat, obviously, season gets tipped off on Thursday. Panthers are 3-0-0. Uh, play the Avalanche on Thursday. Avalanche uh, off to a slow start, but we're kind of viewed as a cup favorite. So, uh, fun times. In the winter in South Florida, not such fun times on the football field. Uh, But please check out MiamiHerald.com. Anthony's uh, got you covered season preview stuff this week. Um, And uh, I'm excited for opening night. 